Yes, that lion boy's on the right, babe. Not that Maggie's back in This Monday morning, McMonagle here with you. Taking your calls for three hours. You know how it works. I got you to the warm-up show at 5. Rami on the other side, 877-337-6666. Welcome back. Welcome back. It was a nice weekend for me. I had some friends over for a birthday party on Saturday. I'm still recovering, but hey, who needs a nice weekend? Let's end it with some more misery. In fact, I'm used to it. We're used to it. What the hell was all this winning offensive player of the week? Who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs all the fun of Tommy Cutlets? Let's get back to what we know and love. Misery on Monday mornings. An absolute, just a train wreck of a Sunday. I heard Lori calling it debacle. I call it normalcy. It's what we are used to. Disaster of football teams and offensive line play. I mean, geez. If there is one thing, I swear, if there is one thing that I never want to talk about again, it's offensive line play. Please, for the love of God, can one of these two teams, I don't even want to ask for both. Asking for both seems too much. I don't want to ask for both. But can one of these two teams figure out how to field an offensive line for once in their miserable existence as it really was, I mean, the Giants had a couple of things. And listen, the Jets, when you give up 30 points and and, and allow the one wide receiver after the your divisional opponent you know very well has their MVP down in Hill and you allow Waddle to do what he did and never make adjustments and never move your top corner. And I want to get into that a little bit because Sauce, Sauce Gardner is one of the best corners in the league, no doubt. And I know it's a Jets sticking point, and I know it's a philosophy. And DJ Reed's been excellent this year. But when things start, when when they have one weapon who is repeatedly beating you down the field over and over again, the idea, well, we can't put our best corner on him, he plays on that side of the field, is an absolute joke. So there are plenty of things we can discuss on this Monday morning, the reason why both these teams got embarrassed on Sunday. But, but I mean, the offensive line is just so mind-numbing to me how it's still, now I know the Jets are on their 11th version of their offensive line, and they were awful. And you can forget the quarterbacks. I mean, listen, I know Zach Wilson has been the story. Aaron Rodgers has been the story. And recently, DeVito has been the story of this football season. We like to talk about quarterbacks. I get it. This really had almost nothing to do with the quarterbacks. It almost didn't matter. They were overrun, specifically the Jets. Overrun. Mekhi Becton is awful. He's been awful. We could talk about the injuries and some of the guys, the Billy Turners of the world, who, who don't belong to be in the NFL. Their starting left tackle, who was drafted at the top of the draft, who Rodgers put his arm around earlier this year and suddenly fixed all his problems, has been awful for three weeks. Awful. And this offensive line is, was a joke yesterday. 
And this team now officially con- uh, you know, got their 13th consecutive season without making the playoffs, got embarrassed against a divisional opponent after playing arguably their best game and certainly their best half of football all year. They follow it up with this performance. It starts with the, the fumble at the goal line, and, it, and it's the same the entire way through. Wilson obviously gets hurt. His fear and not wanting to play comes true. And it's just an absolute disaster from both teams. And it's just with the Jets, you know, it's such a unique situation. We've talked about the quarterback situation with the Giants, and I'll get into it. And we'll talk about the tanks back on, baby. You ain't kidding. The tank is back on. It's an absolute disaster there. We know that. And, you know, we've talked about their quarterback position and the future and everything. But as you see Rodgers on the sideline of this game, and as you see this team fold, and absolutely, just absolutely fold. And you hear it from guys in the pre- in the post game. Lazard, of all people, Alan Lazard is going to tell you they're out schemed. <laughs> Mister Drop Pass himself. Can't you can't scheme him open enough? It's impossible. He drops everything. He's had a miserable year. Yet he's the one telling us that they didn't give effort and they were out schemed. Out schemed. One team has players, the other one doesn't. One team has a a vision, the other one doesn't. And one team has an offensive line, miraculously enough, after coming off a season where they had the worst offensive line in football, arguably the Dolphins. They come and at least block. And this defense didn't show up, the team didn't show up, and they folded. And this offensive line didn't give them a chance, didn't give the quarterbacks a chance. And now as you look forward... It's hard to imagine as as much as it makes no sense. Like honestly, if if this thing wasn't just completely falling apart, if you're looking at it, I've been saying this for weeks. They're not going to make changes. I'm not sure how much sense it makes to make change, changes because they are trying to do one thing and one thing only. End this miserable drought of no playoff football. It's been 13 years. It's a baker's dozen. It's the we all know it's the longest in, in in all professional sports, the major four professional sports teams. You have to end this. And that's why they went out and got Rodgers because they're desperately trying to end this. And so when you look at next year and now you can forget Rodgers playing the rest of this season. Forget obviously that's over. The the Jets are officially eliminated from the postseason. He's mathematically done. And you cannot, I don't care, you cannot put him behind this offensive line. I don't think it's much of an argument. I'm not going to make it today because the Jets would just be so freaking stupid to even consider playing him. And he would be so selfish to try and prove to whomever he wants to prove to that this surgery is a success, his, his regime is a success, his diet's a success, all the nonsense that we've heard about for weeks and weeks and weeks. There was a point it made sense. It no longer makes sense. There's no reason to play him. They won't. So we could put that to bed. But looking forward to next year, Rodgers is coming back, and at some point you have to end this streak, Right? And now, I've been saying this for weeks, I don't care about the future of the team. When I look at this draft, I don't care where they end up on Tankathon. I don't care how high at the top of the draft they are. I'm not looking at a quarterback because I have to end this drought. And I have to give Aaron Rodgers and this team next year the best chance to win. 
And this whole year, no matter how ugly it got with Hackett, no matter how ugly it got with Salah, I was behind that fact that they're all pushing in the same direction. Aaron Rodgers talked about it being a winning formula. Who could win with this quarterback play? Blah, 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 blah. I've been saying it all, all week, all season. But when the team gives up, when you openly have guys who've had miserable years questioning the coaching staff, questioning the want to, questioning the effort of this team, and you are going to fade again down the stretch, and yet another season, and getting beat 30 to nothing and having zero offense, yet again against a divisional opponent, getting embarrassed in Miami, having Mike White as the chef's kiss just to come in there and play in that. He didn't do anything, but still, to have him come in the game and knowing he's the second-best quarterback between the two teams. To have him come in is perfect to end your season. It's going to be hard. As much as I think, but as much as I think Rodgers wants to keep this thing together, how much can he watch? You see him on the sidelines shaking his head. You see him and Sauce Gardner talking it out on the sidelines. How much does he have to see before he starts to doubt whether or not this is a winning formula? And I understand that him and Hackett have won two MVPs together. But when you watch this crap that you see and zero offense, and it's an indictment on everybody, it's an indictment on the head coach, it's an indictment on Hackett, it's an indictment on Douglas. How many years can before it takes to fix an offensive line? I mean, that's kind of what he was brought in for. He's fixed this roster in every way except the lifeblood of the offense. He drafted a quarterback who is Awful, one of the worst ever, and today's not the day to kill Zach. It really wasn't his fault in this game, and I hope he's okay. And today's not the day to kill Zach, and he played his best half of football a week ago. So he's so far down the list, but when you're talking about Joe Douglas, you can't say his name without talking about that pick. So he picks Wilson, and now it's been four, five years of inability to fix this offensive line. So you draft a miserable quarterback, and then you give him no way, shape, or form any kind of protection. I don't care how many great trades you made. I don't care how many defensive studs you draft. I don't care what else you do. These are the things that are the lifeblood of a franchise in the NFL in 2023. Quarterback, protect quarterback. Numero uno and dos. And he's failed miserably. And it's, it's given this team yet another losing season. I don't care how many Hall of Famer quarterbacks you trade for. I don't care what else you do. And this isn't just about the injuries to the offensive line. Tomlinson and Becton are on the left side of this line getting killed by Chubb, getting absolutely run over. They have no run game. What's the point of having Brees Hall if you have no threat of the pass, no ability to pass block, and then no ability to run block? There is no point of how what Wilson is he even playing? Is Garrett Wilson even on the team? You can't get your stars the ball in a position to succeed if you're terrible at quarterback and you're terrible at offensive line. And I understand the injury to Rodgers changed everything. But man, oh man, an indictment on the GM, an indictment on the coach, an indictment on this offensive coordinator. And all of it's coming back for next year. As ugly as this is, I just can't imagine Rodgers moving on from Hackett. I just can't. And that's the linchpin for everything. Because if you are not going to change your offensive coordinator, 
you just what head coach is going to come in here with that stipulation? The stipulation of we're sticking with Rodgers. We're not drafting a future quarterback because we need to bolster this team because I can't have a 14th losing season on my hands. So we have to do that. You're keeping your offensive coordinator. We're, we're, not, we're not looking towards the future of this team. It's all about this next upcoming season. And he's a quarterback who's 40 years old, coming off an Achilles injury. And quite honestly, if he goes down again, we're going to be a disaster. What, cor- what head coach is coming in to that situation? To try and win a Super Bowl one year with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe you could sell that on someone. But as ugly as this is, and as much as it feels like you need a cleansing, I don't think you're getting one. I don't think you're getting one. This Rodgers situation has absolutely... that. Listen, this time next year, you might be looking at a 10-11 win team. Heading into the playoffs, changing the narrative, and everybody feels great. Who knows? But this year, that trade, this injury, and the inability to build an offensive line have absolutely ruined this season. And from where it was with Rodgers running out on the field, holding that flag on 9-11, to where it is right now is so far apart and filled with such slop in between that it's amazing that we still have football fans in this town. And I haven't even talked about the lousy Giants who lost to the Saints in their building in a tough place to play, blah, 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 blah. The Saints are not good. Derek Carr went up and down the field. Adoree Jackson was awful in this game. The defensive backfield for the Giants were awful in this game. And they got some breaks, too. Let's be, You know what? Honestly, watching the game, there was a terrible, terrible call a personal foul call on the Giants when, when uh, you know, Bellinger just got tackled. And for some reason, they wanted to give the Giants 15 yards. The Giants got breaks in this game. And up and down the field, Derek Carr, who's one of the worst red zone quarterbacks I've ever seen, throw touchdown passes left and right without Chris Olave. It's just they went in there and were a debacle too. Riding off the 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 train that was the 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 to, uh, Tommy Cutlets who everybody's you know I, I will get into my feeling on Tommy Cutlets but man oh man just an absolute joke and with that performance too I mean just we're right back in it you can't you can't breathe for a second you can't stick your head up breathe in some fresh air and enjoy a football season for longer than a week. And the offensive line was putrid again. It's unbelievable. You watch it over and over again. This offensive line has no idea how to handle. You're better off. They could handle every. They could handle an all-out blitz better than I can handle a defensive stunt. It's like they've never seen it before. And now with the Giants, we are right back in it, folks. We are right back in your favorite conversation. 877-337-6666. We are right back. Into Tankathon. It's over. I've tried my best. I wanted to win. I was all on board with winning. Tommy DeVito sprinkled the jersey juice on me, and I felt great about it for a while. And I was looking forward to this game like I haven't looked forward to a giant game in weeks. I thought they would actually play well. I think the Saints are lousy. And to go in there and give that performance, and it's not necessarily his fault, but he wasn't very good in the game, but it I don't know how much of an opportunity was given, but we are right back at it. We are right back in Tankathon. We are looking at losing to the Eagles. The Rams look like they <laughs> looks like that offense has got it together, huh? Cooper Cup has has finally re, uh, re uh, reemerged. 
uh, with them, and he's putting up big numbers every week. Stafford looks excellent. They, they've played well. Good. They're going to play the Eagles, the Rams, the Eagles. And you know what? If you're being honest with yourself, it's best if they lose all three. Hate to tell you that. Hate to be back on the train. I know I'm waffling. Circumstances dictate waffling. That's how it works. When they're chasing a playoff thing, now it makes sense to win. When they're losing again and giving you crap performances and you can't stand to look at it, now it's back to losing. What a wild ride these two football teams have given us this year. Isn't it fun? Isn't the roller coaster of an NFL season here in New York just a blast? I can't wait for more. 877-337-6666. I don't want to kill DeVito. He wasn't bad in the game. I mean, he wasn't good, but he wasn't the reason they lost. The defense was terrible in this game. The offensive line was terrible in this game. DeVito took you know a couple big hits. He's, he, he, he did revert back a little bit to taking bad sacks. I thought there were a couple of sacks in this game that he could have gotten rid of the ball and avoided a sack. But ultimately, they were just manhandled by the Saints. Embarrassing. And the Jets, the question is, to me, there's only one question left now that the season's over. How does Aaron Rodgers feel about this group, the coach, the GM, the offensive coordinator? Does he still believe this is a winning formula, or has he seen enough? Has he talked to the players enough being around the team now? Now that he's around the team, he's on the sideline every week. You know, last week they were all celebrating the 30-point second half, and they were having fun, and Zach Wilson was getting all the pats on the back. I thought they might have carried him off the field for a second. They were very excited about it. But now that he witnessed how this team responds to winning, he's witnessed how this coaching staff has its team ready to play, he's witnessed how this GM has gone about building the roster around him, is he still confident in the idea that this is a winning formula? Because I don't know how you could be. 877-337-6666. All right, so let's talk some football. We'll get into Yamamoto. We'll get into the other games around the league as the Bills put a whooping on the Cowboys. The Ravens look like the best team in the AFC. And the Niners continue to be unstoppable as we wait for the Eagles later tonight to see who's the class of the NFC. But so a lot of stuff happened around the NFL. Obviously a lot to get to with our two miserable football teams and a little bit of baseball. How many free meals does a guy make who's going to make $300 million really need? I, 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 like, how many free dinners? Let's make up our minds already. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on the fan, taking your phone calls until 5 a.m. until the warm-up show right here on the fan. 